up, church family? Good to see you guys here. Come on on this June summer day. Amen. One of these Sundays, one of these Sundays, I'm going to bust out a rhyme or two, and uh, you, get, you throw me that kind of beat, you know. I mean, I, I, listen, I got more in me than you know. I'm just telling you, all right? Just, I've been holding back a little bit, all right? So anyways, hey, so glad for all those watching online today as well. Man, we have people all over, not just Fort Wayne, parts of the country and even the world that have written in to us. Man, we love you guys. We're so thankful for you as well. Come on, church family. Can we welcome all those watching online? Big part, big part, big part. Thankful for you guys. It's been a great, great day. And how many thankful for just sunshine finally in Fort Wayne? Lord have mercy. I mean, I, I kind of forgot what it looked like, you know. So the last few days have been great. And, uh, and so I got a little sun. Glory to God, all right? And so, but uh, we're in our third week here of our Summer at Elevate uh, City series. And uh, really just a series of just standalone messages. Really um, just really hearing from God. And, and just, uh, it has been so good the last few Sundays. How about Father's Day at Elevate City last week if you were here? Whoa. Woo. And if you weren't here, man, you missed it. It was awesome. And so it was, I think, in my opinion, our most powerful Father's Day to date. And, um, but the message was not just geared towards men. Uh, it was obviously geared towards the ladies as well. And uh, we talked about the story of Samson and um, pushing down some pillars in our life and things that are holding us back. And for those that weren't here, man, we brought the cross down. And, uh, man, we, we just had a wonderful time, ended all of our services just, just with worship. And then tons of you just in response uh, wrote down things on, on those cards of pillars that you want to see pushed down. And, man, nailed that. Uh, well, we had a tag, but I say nailed that to the cross. Come on, somebody, all right? And so and so proud of you guys. Just want to say, man, just your response. and just I just know that uh, this has been a week that I'm sure as you have made decisions that, yes, you are met with some challenges, but I know this, that because of the God in you, you're an overcomer, and that God is going to continue to do the work that he's uh, performed in you, and he's going to carry it out. Amen? That's his word to us. And so, and I'm going to give you something today that I hopefully will continue to help just continue to stir momentum and bring you forward in your relationship with God. You know, this has been a summer for us that we just really looked at, you know, the months of June, July, and August, and really wanted to be real strategic uh, like never before this year. God just really put it upon my heart that let's not let summer of 2019 be a year of a summer slump. And uh, even in the midst of our vacationing and travel, which is great, and you need to make memories, you need to do all those things. But in the midst of it, not taking spiritual vacations as well. Somebody say amen, all right? And so I think it's really important that we just stay focused in, and God's doing a lot of great things. Our, you know, our summer blast, our kids' conference is around the corner, and uh, our back-to-school bash, one of the most powerful things we do in our inner cities coming up as well. A lot of great things. And uh, I mean, it's just a great day to be alive, amen? And so um, grab your message notes. I've, I've got some things with you, I, I, for you, and if you look on the top of your message notes, uh, I, I've just got a very simple title. It's really a question, and that is, man, what am I doing wrong? Uh, because here's what I know, that when you start making uh, steps towards God and you start moving in your relationship towards God, uh, you're going to be met with opposition. You're going to have resistance. I've always believed that your opposition and your resistance is truly a sign of your advancement in Christ. And so uh, Satan only attacks those who he fears the most. So if, if your life is shaking a little bit, uh, just know in the midst of some shaking that it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing because Satan fears what's in you. And, uh, and he's going to try to do everything he can to hold you up and 
to stop you and also to try to put some more roadblocks in your life. And so uh, I just believe today as we are making some decisions in our life and over the last couple of Sundays and we're pushing down pillars in our life, uh, what's the key to some of that consistency? Because there is a place in Christ that you can have consistency, amen? That it's not having to be, you know, bumpy all the time, but you can have uh, consistency in seeing Jesus as your source, not just for some of the things in your life, but for everything in your life, amen? And so Jesus wants to be Lord of all, and so it's incredibly important that we get this. And so I want to give us a couple things, uh, uh, start off with a few scriptures, but how many have ever just kind of felt that way, that, man, I just either, you felt stuck, or like, man, I just, I'm, I'm not really moving forward, I'm not really moving back, or I'm just not moving, you know? And so it's like, what, what do I do? So I want to help us a little bit with that. Read a couple scriptures to you here. Psalm chapter 139, it says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Every moment, everybody shout every moment. Think about it. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. There are no uh, mistakes with God. God knows exactly what he's doing with you. There, God does not operate with an oops, I didn't know that was going to happen theology. Thank you, Lord. All right. And then Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I mean, how many want to know, continually find God's will for your life? Amen. The safest place for you and I to always be is to be in the middle of God's will. And to be outside of that is a dangerous place to live. So we want to be caught up right in the middle of what God is doing. And so, um, but here's what I know. When we get in seasons that maybe as we're journeying and making decisions and or facing oppositions, we, we, we can have the tendency of start trying to perform or do things on our own and or trying to get answers. And so uh, there's a lot of times that people will run to find different answers from different things or different people. You know, what's the latest that Dr. Phil has to say? Maybe Dr. Phil's got something on, the, on this week's episode. You know what I mean? I mean, people just go for all kinds of answers. You know, good books, and I'm not against books, but they, you know, magazines, they even, you know, go to the local Chinese restaurant looking for a word from their fortune cookie. How many know what I'm talking about? You laughing because you've done it. You know what I'm saying? It's, a, it's like, man, this is a wadney something, you know? And, uh, and so uh, it, we, we've done that. And, uh, you know, I, I, one of the things that I've done before, and, uh, and I'll confess this, man, I've had seasons where I've been so desperate. It's kind of one of those old school, open my Bible, it's open and point, you know, and just hope, man, that's a word for me. That's a word for me. Well, true story, one of my, one of my good friends did that. True, what, ha, one of the most hilarious stories I've ever heard. And I remember some years ago he told me this. I said, bro, I'm, I'm going to preach it. I said, it's so funny. It's that good. And, uh, and he said, well, you can use it. And so First uh, Chronicles 19.4, he said, I opened the Bible. And he said, bam. He said, my finger went to First Chronicles 19.4, and it says this, Hanan seized David's men, shaved their heads, and cut off their garments in the middle at the buttocks. <laughs> and then he said, he said, well, I don't think that's working. He said, I did it again. Then my finger went to Luke 10.37, and it says, go and do likewise. <laughs> oh, that's funny right there. I don't care what you say, all right? That's funny. So, so don't go shaving your heads, and, and uh, please, 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 please uh, don't cut off the garments in the middle at the buttocks. And nobody wants to see that, all right? And so, <laughs> Proverbs chapter 14 and 12. Oh, good to hear you laugh. Uh, the Bible says this. Read with me, if you would, this morning. It says, there is a way. Everybody read with me. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. So I want to look at some common mistakes that we make, and then I want to just give us some help. So I want to be real practical today because I'm a practical guy, it's just the way I flow. Like when I go to conferences, I love going to conferences and I love to be inspired, but if you don't tell me how to do what you're telling me to do, you have wasted my time. 
And so, like, it's great. You know, I've been to conferences. Man, you know, you, you'll go with friends. And, man, wasn't that good? Yeah, it was good. You remember what he said? I have no idea, you know. And so, but it's good. It was, it was good. It was good. I have no idea to do what he said. So, you know, I don't want to waste your time today. And so I want to be real practical, helping us maybe really identify where we might be in this season, but then what do we do about it? And so I just really believe today in all three services that God is speaking to us. First service was so good today. And uh, I just know y'all are ready. Y'all ready today? Y'all ready to get in the word here? All right. It says, I want to give you the first mistake that I think that we make. And that is that, that we just oftentimes hear way too many voices in our life. Way too many voices. We have way too many competing voices. How many know life can get real loud real quick? It's like being in a stadium of 100,000 people and it's just all these voices. And man, it can be very, very difficult to hear God. And so sometimes the other voice, if we're not careful, though, is our own. And we've got to be real careful to understanding and not even trying to twist what God's will is to fit it in a way. And some do this into what they want. Uh, I've often found this to be true for my life, and, and probably true for yours, that uh, the greatest struggle sometimes or the greatest tension in our relationship with God is the struggle between our will and His, is that constant pursuit of seeking, God, what is it that you want, all right, and, but then we find ourselves wanting to do what we want to do too, all right, and so I want to read this verse out of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, it says, for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Let me make this statement that a lot of people really don't want God's will. Uh, they want God to bless their will. Yeah, I'm going to say it again because it's worth saying, all right? That a lot of people really don't want God's will. They just want God to bless their will. Uh, they just want to do what they want to do, and they want God to just be okay with that. And we just got to be very, very careful to make sure that our life is being led in a direction by hearing, man, God's voice. And in the midst of so much happening in the world around us, there's a lot happening, a lot of voices, a lot of competing things, and we've got to know how to shut those things down. I'm going to help us with that today, too, of really how to hone in on just listening to the voice of God. Here's the other thing, common mistake that we do, too. So we, we're in a place that we hear too many voices, and then here's another one is that we just don't ask God. We, do, we don't ask God. We want God's will, but we really don't involve God in the process, and so we just kind of launch these 911 prayers when we're in trouble. Come on, how many know uh, we've all probably done that? Yeah, we've all had moments, and, and so we ask God uh, in emergencies that, okay, now we need, now every, everything is being torn down, now I need your help, you know, and I've never understood that because, man, like, I want to I do life with God when it's good, too, not just when it's bad. Amen? All right. The Bible says in James 4, 2, he says, it says, you do not have because you do not ask God. And, you know, I, I've, I've, you know, been in a place where I've, I know I've went to Bethany, you know, to her first or, and some of my close friends and pastor friends like, man, what's happening? And then, you know, just trying to navigate, you know, to get an answer on things and then get stumped. And I thought, oh yeah, I probably should pray about that first. Probably a good idea to go to God about that instead of just going to everybody else, you know. And so, um, and so how many would say, man, that I've gone to other sources first as well? Yeah, I think, think we all have done that. The Bible says in James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given uh, to him. And so I just think about my relationship with my wife. I don't want my relationship and my marriage just to be a, a 911 marriage. 
that we only talk when uh, uh, things are in, in the midst of a struggle. How many know if you ain't talking in the marriage, you're going to have some 911 things going on, right? And so, so you've got to make a decision, you know, that, man, I'm not, and, and God's the same way. God is not a God that wants to just be uh, related to in the midst of your convenience, uh, he's a God that wants to be pursued all the time. He wants to be Lord of all of our life. And I think sometimes we just treat God as such, but God is a God who loves you and I so much that wants to be involved in every detail, every moment as we read in scripture in our life. And so he just wants in. And so uh, here's, here's another element that I know, here's a big one, is uh, another mistake that we make, and that is we give up too early. I think we're in a time, man, where we just, we see this more and more and more, where we're just giving up too early. Have you ever felt like you've heard God's voice on something and then it go a totally different direction? And it's just like, man, what happened? <laughs> and if we're not careful, we start labeling things that's God that isn't God or we start labeling things that's not God that is God. And so what do we mean by that? Well, we can go through difficult seasons of life and some people treat a difficult season as it not being God. Actually, it could be God. Could be the very thing, the very thing that you and I may be facing today could be the very thing that God's breaking you to developing you to making you into the man or woman that he wants you to be. But the key is, will you allow God to crush some things, your pride and maybe things within your life that, that in order to get where he wants you to be, that you and I've got to go through this process called refining. I know we won't shout real loud on refining process. But here's what I'll tell you. It's an important process if you're going to allow God to be Lord of all and if you really want to be used by him or not. We pray for great things in our life. We want to see God do great and amazing things. And we need to pray that way and we need to believe that way. But you also need to understand in the midst of whatever season that you're facing in that the mess is a determining factor of the message that God wants to bring out of the situation. And so, and I think what's critical is, is we have way too many people giving up way too early. You have people, I've seen this in the workplace. I've seen this, you know, in, in just in, in career. I remember working in Columbus and, and I was, I had about 70 staff that I was over. And, uh, and, and I remember working with all my staff then and, and some of them young in that. And I remember being in a place with them and having conversations thinking, man, if, if you'll, if you just, if you just, you know, uh, go with the journey here and understand what God, you know, not God, but what, what's trying to happen for some of them, I had that conversation. All right. But uh, not everybody knew the Lord in Columbus there, but I, it was in careers. I've seen some even colleges and, and working towards things in life, just quit just because it's hard. Doesn't mean we quit. Or give up too early, and I think it happens a lot. I think, I think. Let me even say this: I think, you know, and as a pastor, uh, I think it happens way too much in the church, especially in America. Um, you know, when I travel overseas, uh, man, church in America—it's unfortunate that there is more church hopping and shopping than I've ever seen, and uh, and I think it happens because of the result of we quit too early. And I've just learned this about church, you know, and and just uh, you know diving into the things of God. So long as there is people, so long as there is issues. Yeah, we, 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 need, to, we, need, to be, yeah, we need to be reminded today that the person sitting next to you has issues just like you. And if you had it all together, you might as well be the one to come up here, not me. Uh, it's a good reminder, so let me say it. I've got issues, you've got issues, we all got issues. And if you don't think you have an issue, that's your issue. 
All right, some of you heard it for the first time. Glory to God. All the elevators have been here a while. You're like, yes, pastor, we've heard it, you know. But it's a good reminder because we quit too early on things. And I just believe this. I just have known relationships, you know, my family. You know, I mean, all of us got some crazy family. And if you don't know who that is, it could be you, all right? And so, but how many know, even when you have tension or difficulty in your relationships and family, you ain't going to quit on them. Guess what? Your daddy's always going to be your daddy, like it or not. Your mama's always going to be your mama, no matter what. Siblings, cousins, uncles, everybody, right? And how many know you just ain't going to quit on them? No, we're going to figure this thing out. Let's work it out. Let's talk it through. And uh, how many know you still got to love them? You still got to do life with them. They're family, right? Amen, amen, everybody? So I just encourage us to always have that understanding that even in relationships, work, career, college, school, whatever it may be, don't give up too early. Don't give up too early. You know, I remember being in the first three months of this church. Week three was 45 people. Everybody say 45 people. 45 people. Man, don't make fun of my 40, 45 people that we had, all right? 45 people. And I'll never forget that. I was ready to quit. I had such a dark day. You know, it was like one of those moments with our, it was just like only dream team only. It was, it was just awful. I'm just telling you, it was terrible. Terrible day. All right. But in the midst of worship, God spoke one word to me. And he said, hey, just so you know, you have to commit to Bill. This ain't going to be some overnight thing. I thought it was, was kind of going to be like that, God. You know, I thought we were just going to kind of make this easy, you know. And, and I said, okay, God. You know, and, and I'll never forget, though, I, man, encouraged our team that day. But I just felt awful. I just felt terrible. I thought, man, God, if this is it, I think maybe we've missed you. Literally, man, the devil told me that day. I'll never forget. It was just a spiritual warfare that was going on. And I heard Satan say, just take your car off this bridge and die. That was the darkness of that thought when the devil came in. And I knew I had a decision. And then just a few weeks after that, somebody didn't like us, and they called the fire marshal on us and sent him. And he came to the school and said, y'all, you're going to have church here. you got about four weeks to find a place. I thought, man, I'm so, man, Lord, thank you so much for sending me to Fort Wayne. Man, I'm so glad to be here. And all this opposition is great. Man, it's, it's resistance, I just love it. I think it's great, you know. Of course I wasn't saying that. But I felt that way. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. And I remember even in that time when we had four weeks to find a place, I was freaking out, freaking out. I was calling everybody I knew. I'm like, you've got to tell me what to do. Our church planning network was one of my first calls, and I'll never forget. They said, Kyle, we've never seen a situation like this. We're praying. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. You're, the, you're supposed to be the experts of this church planning thing, you know. We survived it. We became our, our network's first statistical miracle of surviving, closing down in three months, and then finding another place. Only God, truly, only, I mean, just only God. But I remember we went on a time of prayer and fasting in that time, and I, <laughs> I, it actually came in a meeting at Starbucks. We had all the leaders there. And I, I literally said this way. I said, you know what? I said, I know we're looking for a bunch of places, but I think we ought to pray and fast. What do you guys think? You know, it's like, duh, pastor, right? And so, so we all have these moments, but don't give up. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, don't give up too early. Listen, here's the thing I've learned about God in pressure moments. Listen, I've learned this, that regardless of how you may feel today, you're better under pressure. Because when the heat is on, and when things are at its fullest and intensity is there, it's about what God is trying to produce out of this situation and out of you. God is way more interested in developing your character than he is caring about your comfort. 
Say, man, that, that, sound, that, say, man, that sounds kind of rough. No, you got a God who loves you and sees greatness in you. And if you're going to do all that God has called you to do, he's going to have to take you through a process that sometimes you and I may not like and we may not get real raw-raw about. But I promise you, if you'll lean into his relationship with you, nothing is impossible with our God and the greatness that's on the inside of you. Listen, I'm telling you, it's about what he's trying to do in you. He's doing something in you. He's developing something in you. He's trying to build greater trust in you. Oppositions that we've had to this point. Guess what? We're looking at a new building right now that, you know what? It's crazy what's happening. I'll fill you in later a little bit, but I'm just telling you this. That for every season and everything that we've gone through in our lives, even as a church, guess what? It's about where God is taking us. Why? Because we have a vision to see thousands of people saved. We have a dream center that's starting next year. We have another campus that's on the horizon. We have a new building. Why? Because God says you're better under pressure. Let me work with you and build what's inside of you. Man, I'm preaching today. Man, I feel God. God teaches us and he takes us through seasons to develop our character, to take us, listen, into his perfect will. Not my will, his perfect will. Hebrews 10, 36. Some of it, man, we need to get this verse. This has been an important verse in my life. It says this, starts out, says you need to persevere. I know that we don't always feel like persevering. For some of you, you didn't sleep last night, but you're here. For some of you, you've been going through literal hell, but you're still here. For some of you, you just lost a job. For some of you, you're in a place you're believing God for a miracle in your body. Regardless of where you're at, God is saying, if you'll just trust me, if you'll continue to persevere. And I looked up that word persevere and what it means in, in the Greek. And it literally means this, to have a steadfastness in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Somebody shout persevere. persevere. Don't give up. Continue to persevere. Continue to do what you've heard God say and keep moving forward. The, the easiest thing to do is to allow people or allow the devil to get you sidetracked off of what God has put in front of you to do. And I'm telling you, there is no person, there is no thing that's ever worth jeopardizing God's destiny for your life. You've got to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, listen, then you will receive what he has promised. I'm telling you, our timetable is much different than God's timetable. He wears a different watch than you and I do. But I've learned this, to be thankful for the watch that he wears, to be thankful for the thoughts that he has, because they're higher than mine. His ways are higher than mine. I am so glad he doesn't think like me. I'm so glad that his ways are higher. Come on, is there anybody here today that's thankful that you don't have a God who thinks like you? Because if we had a God that thought like us, all of us would be in trouble today. Man, and if he has the opportunity, he's going to teach us a life lesson. He'll teach us. He'll take us through a season. Because if he can't trust you with what he's put in your hand today, how in the world is he going to help? How is he going to be able to trust you with bigger things that you're praying for? You've got to submit to the process and submit to the refining and understand about this is where God is taking you. God is not mad at you. God is in love with you. And he's working things out for your good. But you cannot give up. If he has the opportunity, I'm telling you, he's going to do it. Here's the other thing we do. We rely way too much on logic. Pros and cons list are good, but it can get you in trouble. 
Well, if it's not this or this, it must not be God. Literally, I knew a few people back in the day that were looking for jobs. One, one guy was looking for a job. The other one was trying to decide between college and a job. The guy that was looking at a, between the jobs, he said, well, I know. This is a rough place to live. He said, man, I know if it's sunny out tomorrow, this has got to be the will of God for me. But, man, if it's raining out tomorrow and it's cloudy, certainly that's not the will of God for me. How I many know? Dangerous place to live. Another one said, well, between college and work, if I wake up on my right side, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. Lord, have mercy. Somebody say, pray for the, pray for the brothers, right? It's been years ago. Albert Einstein probably said it best. He said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. At some point, man, we've got to make some changes. At some point, we've got to continue to understand if God is growing us, he's going to challenge us with some new things. And it's going to be different than what maybe you thought it would be. Ephesians 3.20 says, God can do anything. Come on, will you say that with me? God can do anything. It goes on to say, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it by not pushing us around. You're never going to get God pressuring you. Not pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Listen, logic will keep you from receiving miracles in your life. And what happens is if we're constantly analyzing and, 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 and doing the logic thing, you then have reduced God down to the size of your brain. I've, you know, I, some years ago when I was a college-age pastor, had the great opportunity of sitting on some panels that, uh, um, and, and just doing Q&A. And, and, and I remember one of the big panels I got to sit on was at Columbus State University. And I sat, man, I, was, I felt way out of my league and way underqualified, but they asked me to, and I just went for it. And so... Um, kind of dangerous to invite a preacher to that environment, but yet I've followed through. And, but, man, we had just different kinds of debates going on, but I love to debate, like, about the Lord. And uh, I love to talk to those that don't know the Lord. We used to, when my college-age ministry I was over, I used to take my college students down to the Ohio State campus. I mean, the Buckeyes need Jesus. Come on, somebody. I used to. I can say that because I live there, all right? All right? So I know we got some Buckeye fans here. I'm praying for your conversion, all right? So... But I took them down, I sure did, took them down to campus, but I let them see the reality of their world and of their peers and what's happening and the need. It was great, but I wanted to teach my college students how to know the gospel and how to defend it. So we had some great conversations, great debates, and I just remember um, the, these conversations more than once happening with lots of people. I'm telling them, I do not want a God that I can figure it all out with. I'm telling you right now, there are people, multiple people right now in this church that are believing for a miracle for their life, who are struggling with disease. A few of them have cancer right now. Some of them are watching right now because they're at bed. And we're believing with you, and we're not going to quit believing with them. But can I tell you what they need right now and those watching? And let me just tell you this, is what they need is not, you know, they, they don't need the, the, the Greek word for life raft. They just need somebody to throw them one. And what we need is not to just try to feel like, well, we've got to understand, explain. No, 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 no. What we need is just the power of God. And all I can say is this, that, man, once you've experienced once of his power and who he is, you can't get enough of him. And I'm telling you, what they need right now and some of you is a miracle of God's power in your life today. And to know that he can and to know that he can do it. I'm just telling you, man. We're believing for God to do, and we're going to hear some testimonies. Cheryl, Kyler, come on, somebody. 
We're going to see it. I can't remember all of them. But uh, there's, there's a few right there that I've been in, encouraging here lately. Logic will keep you from receiving miracles. I'm telling you, 1 Corinthians 2, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. And they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Can I tell you, it's one of my prayers right there, that verse, when I go, home, when I, when I go to bed at night. Anybody like me in the sense, it's, sometimes it's just hard to shut the mind off at night. <laughs> There's times that, you know, it's, it, listen, write this down. Prayer must be your first choice, not your last resort. And I think what happens is we constantly are trying to filter life and everything that we're, that we're facing. <laughs> And the power source is the Holy Spirit and everything that you and I need. And even in moments like that, in my own bed, man, I, I, sometimes I, I got to lay hands on my own head when I wish somebody was laying their hands on my head and just praying and speaking. No, I have the mind of Christ. Because guess what? You and I get some jacked up thoughts, don't we? Holy smokes. Man, we do. And so we've got to get the mind of Christ and, and surrender those things to God. And just telling him, man, we've got to have more and more of him in our life. I remember being in a place talking about relying too much on logic. I remember before we moved here, Beth and I were offered uh, to take over a church in Columbus, Ohio. And man, just great opportunity for us and, and uh, for our family. Could have stayed comfortable there in Columbus. and Wouldn't have to uproot my wife and all that she knew and, and my daughter whom we had at that time. And it looked good on the outside. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is a woman of God by the name of Ruth. It's a short book. Go read it. I'm telling you. And there's three different tests that she went through. And I, have, I don't think I've ever preached that to our church. I need to preach that. But I'll just say one of the tests that she went through was the test of opportunity. It may look good on the outside. Doesn't mean it's God. I remember that test hit me of, you know, us just standing in Columbus and, and doing that. I thought, boy, this looks good on the outside. But in my spirit, I just knew what God said. Mm -mm. No, I've called you to Fort Wayne. And I'll never forget being in that place. And honestly, it didn't take long. I just, Fort Wayne has just always been in me. And, and I was scared to death to come to this city and plant a church because I've never done this before. You know, I have, I have no idea. I'm still learning, still growing, still on a journey. Trust me, all right? But this is what the Lord spoke to me a, a few years ago. And this word has stayed forever in my heart. And even in this season of us pursuing this new facility right now, by the way, I'm so proud of many of you. I can't tell you. I mean, we've got so many creepers in our church pulling up on that parking lot right now. <laughs> I'm teasing. You're not a creeper. Now, you just love some Jesus. You want to see that new church. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I've had, I got to tell this real quick, real quick. I've had some of y'all say, Pastor, I've even gone on Sunday there. I just want to just scope it out. I said, you have? So hey, I'm just praying and claiming in Jesus' name. I said, I said, well, stay nice, you know, and and uh, Amen. All right, but I know I definitely appreciate all the prayers. But here's something the Lord spoke to me years ago, and I want to give it to you because I think it'll help somebody. Because if you're pursuing a call of God right now on your life, some of you God is calling to do greater things, maybe in a business, maybe in a marketplace, maybe some you God's calling to start a ministry. I don't know where you're at. But this is something the Lord spoke to me years ago that I think might help somebody, and that's this. It's in your notes. I put it there for you. Don't ever let how keep you from pursuing what God has called you to do. 
Anything that God has ever called you to do is always going to look impossible because it always requires the element of faith. If you can accomplish it on your own, it's not God. So when God gives you a word or a vision, it's always going to require faith in order to see that thing come about. And I'm just telling you, I'm not getting, listen, that's why those that are sitting at the table right now, even with us in this facility, I don't need naysayers, and I certainly don't need a bunch of logistical guys. What I need is guys full of faith and power that believe and see what I'm seeing as well and say, hey, I know what this looks like on the outside, but I know that God is a God who can do the impossible and move the heart of man. Preach it, Pastor Kyle. I'm having fun today. All right. So let's get it on track. Let me help you now. Let me, here comes the practical, all right? So we've identified, okay, this is where we're at, but let, let's, get, let's get real practical, and let me wrap this up today, and we're going to end with some worship today. It's going to be good. But so what do we do? Here's the first thing you've got to do is you've got to eliminate the distractions in your life. You've got way, so we've identified for some of us it could be voices, could be things. We've got a lot of competition for our time out there today, all right? Eliminate distractions. For some, we may have sin, those strongholds that are in our life. We identified those last week. Many of you, guess what, nailed it to a cross last week and are making some decisions in your life, all right? And so whatever else is clouding your vision or the smudge on the glasses, let's, let's, let's allow God to get that removed. Hebrews 12, 1, 2 says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let's run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let's look at this. Come on, everybody. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Come on, come on. Fix your eyes. Stay focused on him, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Got to shut down sometimes those outside voices. Somebody said, man, well, how do you do that? Can I tell you one of the great things? This is not just a January time, but it's fasting. When I need to hear God's voice and his alone, whether it's decisions in my life or whether it's just, man, growing my walk with God, fasting is the key. It's just saying no to some food, you know, or, or, or media, whatever it may look like for you. And, uh, you know, for some of you, maybe it's this week. It's taking your lunch hour this week. Maybe when, ask yourself this question. When's the last time I've done that? And I just said, man, we're a praying church. The, the one heartbeat of this church is this always been a praying church. All right, we know how to pray and we know how to get a hold of God. And so we want to continue to teach that and encourage that. But man, shut down those voices. Take some time to hear God. I've been in moments like that in my life. God, I am not leaving here until I hear something from you. Just a desperation. John 10, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize that stranger's voice. The only way to hear the still, small voice of God, if somebody whispers to you from across the room right now, how many know you ain't going to hear it? From corner to corner, right? You ain't going to hear it. But the only way to hear that whisper is how? You've got to come close and to listen. Remove the distractions. Here's the second thing is you've got to seek God with all of your heart. God is not some kind of 1-800 number you call, all right? And so we got to seek him, we got to pursue him, Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So removing those distractions. Listen to me, let me say it this way. Christianity doesn't even work 99% of the time. It only works when you go after Jesus. Only. All right? So how do you do that? Jesus doesn't want to be your religion. He doesn't just want to be your God on Sunday. He wants to be a relationship that's thriving through the rest of the week as well. All right, there lies the difference is that we live our life according to his word and what he says, not ours. His standard is our standard for living. 
Amen? That we never get away from the word of God being our standard for life. The power of prayer doesn't just change things, it changes you. The more time spent in God's presence, the more of that refining and the more that you're becoming more like him. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I love the word delight in the Hebrew. It means this, to adorn yourself as a bride does on her wedding day. Uh, you know, yesterday I had a small part in one of our families in our church's wedding. It's one of my favorite moments is to watch the groom look at his wife-to-be as she comes down in her beautiful dress. It's such a powerful moment. And I just think about that in the, in the context of this scripture as well. And here's what I know about God. God's not going to get, he's not going to give you just, he's not going to give you what you want. He's going to give you the want to want what he wants. I'm going to say it again. He's not going to give you what you want, but the want to do his will. And so when he speaks to you, then you and I have to trust him. Number three, trust him. Proverbs 3, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. It's a challenge. It's a challenge because most of God's wisdom seems backwards to us. In other words, sometimes his will to us doesn't feel like this makes a lot of sense. And we've got to trust God in the process We've got to trust God that he's making you, that he's molding you. He's wanting you to become the man and woman that he wants you to be. He wants your marriage to be, your kids to be, your job to be. He cares about all those details of our life. And so that process takes time, all right? But I'm going to say something I said last week because I want to reiterate it. That in each and every season, good and bad, I want to keep just a spirit of just teachability, and a definition I heard of teachability many years ago that really helped transform my heart to becoming more humble and more teachable is teachability is simply this. It's the ability to relearn that which you think you already know. And to me, when you have a spirit of teachability, you, all, you also have a spirit of humility because you realize, man, there's always learning I need to do. I'm not as smart as I think I am. I'm always in a state of wanting to grow because why? Growth is a choice. And so we got to stay teachable before God and continue to allow the Holy Spirit. He's the greatest teacher you'll ever have. Amen? And so, um, you know, here's the one thing I've noticed about God. Have you ever noticed that God oftentimes gives us the vision before the provision comes? It's always interesting. You know, we've got vision for a lot of things, and a, lot of thing, a lot of moving things right now. It's awesome. It's a great time. It's a great time in our church. And this church has never lacked vision. We will always have way more vision than we have resources. It's part of it, man. We just got a lot of vision, a lot of things we want to accomplish for God. But for some of you, God may be calling you to start that new ministry. For some of you, God may be calling you to step out in the marketplace. I believe we need more full-time marketplace businessmen and women. I'm telling you, we need more. And we're having more in this church that are rising up. It's awesome to see God bringing in more businessmen and women. They help me. Trust me. Thank God for their wisdom and their help. But our relationship growing and and, and, and seeing what God's doing with them in their area as well. For some, it may be serving in areas for the first time, getting on the dream team, getting in a small group. Maybe it's something in your workplace. Maybe it's something on the job or school. For some, God may be calling you to give more financially. You just got to trust God regardless of where you're at. And the question is, where do you need to trust God today? Where is he asking you to maybe do something big for him? I don't know what that looks like for you. You need to hear from him. Because here's the final thing I want to give you, and that's you've got to follow peace follow peace. Some, you know, I've had people ask me this, man, how do you know 
God's will or how do you know if he's speaking? One of the great things, you know, I don't hear God's voice every day. I mean, some people think that, well, you're a pastor. You must hear him just all the time, constantly. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you know, one of the things I've learned about God is following peace. But you only know that, you know, somebody asked me, well, how would you define that? I said, you only know that by time spent with him. That's the only way I can explain it. And when you have it, you know it. When decisions come or whatever's happening in your life, you know, no, this is where God's at. And times that you don't have that peace, I would call it a check in your spirit. We talked about that months ago, our Holy Spirit series, but that prompting or hesitation, man, I won't make a decision. I won't move on it until I've got peace. Follow the peace of God. I want to give you two verses here. Philippians 4, they're the same verses, different versions. First out of NIV, it says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, the peace of God which transcends all your understanding. So after you've prayed, presented your request to God, gone in thanksgiving, the result of it is the peace of God. Man, I'm, more, I'm so desperate to continue to have that peace of God in my life. It's gonna guard your heart and your minds. Look how the Message Bible says the same verses. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Man, that's good. Letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful for what, hap what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Here's what I know. Some of us are facing big decisions today. Some of us in, in a marriage. Some of us in our finances. Some of us... In our, with our kids, some of us in our jobs, our career, walk with God, spiritual. I want to end with this story today. I realize not everybody follows me on social media, and I was actually um, really surprised at the attention this got. Uh, just shared a, a story out on Thursday, and I was at uh, the gas station with my boys, and um, so I was pumping gas in the car. When I was pumping, a woman came around to me. And she said, uh, she said, hey, she said, you're Pastor Kyle Mills, right? Elvick City Church? I said, yes, ma'am. And uh, she said, uh, awesome. She said, do you have just a second? I said, sure. I said, what's up? She said, well, I just want to tell you first off, she said, that I want to thank you. I want to thank everybody in your church. I want them to know this. She said that uh, I've been going just the past few months. We haven't had the opportunity to meet, but, um, but she said, I just want to thank the love and the support of this church. God has used it to help change my life. I said, oh yeah, how's that? She said, well, I made a decision that I'm gonna follow God. I said, come on. She said, so I gave my life to Christ a while back. And then she said, I'm not gonna stop there. I said, oh, come on, girl. She said, that's right. She said, I've been an alcoholic for 20, 20 plus years, Pastor. But I made a decision. You know, you talk about next steps. I wanted to take a next step. So she said, I, I decided I'm going to put myself in rehab, and I'm going to get the help I need. And she said, she looked at me, she said, I want to tell you something. She said, I went to the church today because I wanted to share this with you, but I didn't know the offices were separate. Another reason why we need a building. All right, so <laughs> happens all the time. And I said, yeah, but she said, listen to this. She said, I'm getting ready to head out of town, and I came to the gas station to grab a soda, and I saw you. She thought, I thought, boy, God answered my prayer. She said, I just really wanted to talk to you for a second. I said, that's awesome. And she said, well, I want you to know today I graduated from rehab. And, yeah, it's awesome. 
And then she went on to say, she said, and right now, I'm leaving my rehab, graduated, went and kissed my mom goodbye, packed all my things. I'm heading to a support home because I want to stay clean. And I told her today, I'd give her this shout out. And Jennifer, I want you to know, because I know she's watching, you've got a bunch of church family right here who loves you, is proud of you, who's for you. Come on, church family. You're going to complete it. You're going to see God do it. We believe in you. You know, let Jennifer's testimony be an encouragement to all of us today. Man, let's not do a bunch of talking. Let's get active. If you need help, ask for help. You got a church here that we're blessed to have great resources and partnerships now. I'm telling you some of the best that we're blessed with in relationship. And so um, let's stand to our feet. Let's pray. And I feel God. Father, we love you. If you would just bow your head. We love you and we honor you. Just an incredible presence today. Feel God. God, more than anything in the world, we want more of you. We want more of you in our life. We're sorry for placing anything else before you. And Lord, today I'm asking you, forgive us if we have. We want more of you, more of your power, more of your strength. And we're desperate because we're a church that you've called to be on mission because there's more Jennifers to reach. And there's a lot of stories like that in this church, and that's what this church is about. And we're thankful for that. And we know our best days are ahead of us. But God, I pray over every person right now that they would feel the presence of God, that they would know that you are with them that you are for them and they are not alone today that there is hope there is a future and that you are here today with them thank you God for your presence man forgive me I've just if you're here today and you don't know Christ I can't think of a better opportunity God is in this place I don't want you to hesitate I don't want you to wait If you need God in your life, will you just slip your hand up right now and say, I need him in my life. Come on, hands are going up. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just be honest. Amen, awesome, over there. You put your hands down, awesome. Awesome, yeah, gotcha. Just say this prayer after me. Say, God, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my past. Thank you for saving me invite you into my heart today to be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.